welcome to The Itinerary, the official travel podcast presented by Premier Custom Travel. Here are your hosts, Chris Grum and Scott McAllister. Welcome back to Panera Bread, which seems to be our home for these podcasts. Uh, we're, we're popping in and out of here pretty regularly now, uh, but we're back here because we we always like to go where the action is. And today we're back with our good friend Hunter Smith from Princess Cruises, but we're not going to talk Princess today. We're going to talk about Hunter. Because one of the things we, we like to do here, when we first started this podcast, we did intro episodes about Scott, about Danielle, and there was actually one about me that actually had the least downloads of any of our podcasts, <laughs> as it as it should have. But we, we like to get to know the people we work with. Uh, you know, our customers become friends, and that's it's so true. But we also like to get to know and become friends with uh, the people that help us help you. And Hunters with Princess Cruises helps us out a great deal. But you had another life. You know, you mentioned in the brand overview, we said, welcome back to, or welcome to the cruise industry. And you said, no, 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 no. Welcome back to the cruise industry because you had been in it before. But you were in it in a different capacity. Yes. And if I go further back from that, all I know is travel. The day I graduated college, I worked at resorts down in Florida. So I grew up in Kansas. The day I graduated, worked at Panama City Beach at a resort that night. And then my life just (laughs) took, my life just... That has to be the quickest getting a job ever out of college. I I just went to work that night. Look at him showing off. Well, I had an internship, and that that led on to other things. But um, That's pretty cool. So I went to resorts for a year in Florida, Uh and then that led me to Disney Cruise Line. Actually, I should take it back to college. I had to walk through a career fair, and I saw a overnight YMCA camp. And, it's uh, fun to stay there, you know. And they <laughs> and they asked me to be the ropes course assist, assistant manager. Ah. And also working with the kids. And I love working with kids in sports. And they asked me to be like the ropes course assistant. And um, through connections through there, later on, when I left my, uh, my resort life in Florida, uh, one of my coworkers from the, from the kids camp was working on Disney Cruise Line. Ah, and they roped you in. And they roped me. There Sorry, you go. There you go. So, uh, so they got me from uh, Florida to to join them down in Port Canaveral on Disney cruise ships, and I worked there for two years before before Club Med picked me up off the cruise ships, and I worked on resorts for about five years, and then came back to the states when I was thirty, and because I realized I couldn't do those jobs forever. I mean, they were fun. It was like college two point <laughs> I'm not a doctor, but yeah. um, I Play stayed with the fun TV. stuff. And then uh, traveled the world, and then I came back and I became a travel advisor for a year and a half. See, and I then, didn't know that part of it. That's interesting. Yeah, and then uh, sandals. Well, I met a lot of BDMs who do what I do now. Right, and that's where and we I, met you. Was and sandals. I had three offers, and um, out of the three, I chose sandals because of the brand. Mm-hmm. And sandals told me, okay, you can choose Kansas City, LA, or Houston. Um, and they told me the cost of living and all that, everything was all the same. And I was like, well, I'm not moving to LA cost of living and traffic. I feel like I'll be working for free. Wise decision, sir. Kansas city. I was like, I grew up here. Like I can always go back and see friends and family. I've been gone for 10 years, but I was like, Houston, that's warm weather. Like I always Mm -hmm. say, like, I, I feel like I'm Caribbean now. Um, so I was like, okay, Texas has supposed to be really nice people and warm weather. And I was like, that sounds like the Caribbean to me. So that's why I chose Houston. And I moved here the week of Hurricane Harvey. Good oh, choice. So I, so I tell people that I did not bring a hurricane, but I brought a World Series. <laughs> we'll take <laughs> that's that. That was my thing. But, that's um, right. But yeah, that's always like my little path of travel industry. Um, I, I wish I would have wrote a book 
wrote a little diary journal of what I was doing day by day, but I, I can piece, too late. But I yeah. can piece things together through Facebook pictures. If we can write a book, anybody can. So you ought to, you ought to put it down at some point, but you're not done yet. I mean, you're with Princess Cruises now and, and they're a great brand, but we're going to talk about your past life today. Focus on Disney Cruise Line, which is yeah. one of my favorite cruise lines. I've sailed with them uh, 11 times and I don't have kids. So maybe there's something wrong with me, but, but really I think they have a, a great product. And of course, who doesn't love Mickey Mouse and, Mini and all that, but you saw it from a different angle. You worked on board, and I think people are always fascinated to hear what's it like to be a crew member on board. So yes. let's talk about, first of all, what ships were you on? So I was on the Disney Wonder when I started. Okay, and, and we've was, both we sailed that. that ship before. And then I was the opening team on the Disney Fantasy. So oh. you were on board when I was then, because I did the maiden voyage of the Disney Fantasy. I was there. And how did we miss each other? You know, it's funny. I'll, I'll go back and tell just a quick brief Disney story. Um, when we did the maiden voyage to the fantasy, uh, there was a fella on board, and um, we had done an Alaska cruise a couple of years earlier on, on Holland America, and we had a couple of young people with us who were, I think, just turned 21, and they were the only two in the nightclub every night, and he was the DJ. Yeah. We go on the fantasy, and we're, we walk into the room there, and he looks over at them and goes, and he names their names, and I don't know how wow. he did that, but he was now on Disney Cruise Line on the maiden voyage, and I don't know what he was doing on board, but it was funny. It's such a small world. No pun intended, or maybe intended. <laughs> yeah. It's a small world, after all. But, um, so you were on the fantasy for the maiden. How cool. Yeah. I, I basically joined the ship out of Alaska. So I finished up my contract on the Wonder, and actually, let's go back. I started on the Caribbean. Okay. And then uh, I was very fortunate that whenever I started, the dream was coming out. Right. There's people that work on these cruise ships that do the same itinerary for years and years and mm -hmm. years. And here I am. I join the ship, and within a month, the dream comes out. So it pushed me from the Caribbean all the way through the Panama Canal nice. to get to Mexico. And I did Mexico sailings pretty much for a year total before in summertime they go to Alaska. Right. And so I, I was in Alaska. So within a year and a half, I basically cruised in all different itineraries and destinations. And I was like, this is heaven. Well, and then, um, it's worth mentioning before the, the fantasy came out, Disney had three ships right. and they only have five now. And so it's, you know, they're a very small fleet. So you do get to see the world on, on their couple of their ships anyway. Yeah. So it was, it was incredible to travel, travel the world right, and, and work on these ships. And it was just full of, full of, so many interesting stories from all the workers. That's what we want to get out of you. <laughs> I don't know. I got to keep this PG, but um, the stories. Not necessarily. The, the, the stories of the workers. Like I, even as a travel advisor and even as a business development manager now, I tell every single client that when they go on a cruise, they should really get to know their, their mm -hmm. wait, your waiter, your, Amen. Your, your bartenders, your events team. Like everybody has fantastic stories that are just that melts you. Mm -hmm. Like it just breaks your heart that, Oh my gosh, you haven't seen your family in four years and you have five kids at home and you're right. thousands and thousands of miles away. And it's just unbelievable. Their stories. Um, and well, they you become your family. You mentioned a contract. And so let's, for the people that don't know how ships work, that your crew's under a contract, usually six to nine months, depending on what you do. Some shorter, if you're an entertainer, for example. Right. So let's talk about it. Your first contract. How long was it? What did you do? So I worked in youth activities, okay, which is a crazy job on Disney. Oh, I can only imagine. Which oh, is, and you survived good to tell, yeah. BDM. <laughs> right. Because he can put up with us children. Yeah, huh? if I can do that, I can do anything in this world. I was just going to say. <laughs> and um, so I started with that. 
And how uh, long was the contract for the first time? First contract was about four and a half months. Four and a half months. And you're working seven days a week. Seven days a week, zero zero days off. Right. They work you, they work, work, work you to the maximum amount of hours that you are allowed to each week. Right. Um, it's not the people always assume it's like one of those things where you see one of those pictures online where it says, This is what people think I do, and right. this is what I actually do. Right. Um, we work nonstop on these ships. I mean, when you guys are in port, not the whole ship does not shut down. You can drop off your kids and I'm entertaining your kids while you're enjoying <laughs> Cabo or wherever. And I'm right. like, Oh, I didn't even see the sunlight today. Well, your or, brand that you work for for a living now, Princess Cruises, was um, the line featured on the Love Boat. Right. And if you watch the Love Boat episodes, as much as we love the show, it is about the worst representation of what really happens on a cruise ship. 100%. Because yeah. the, the crew are not dating every single passenger that comes on board. Right. Or if they are, they're not telling anybody. But, you know, you, you always saw Julie, who had plenty of time to go dancing with the customers and do this and that and the other. And she was the cruise director. And I can tell you, as I know plenty of cruise directors, not the case. Uh, and then you had the bartender who had plenty of time to just hang out and chat with the customers it's it's i mean they're friendly but it's not like the love boat you are working yeah 100 with disney i mean we were very very strict with the rules um if you were the entertainment team yeah you can be entertaining on the shows or or uh the entertainment team doing karaoke or trivia or stuff like that or the bar games but if if i was in youth activities i was not really allowed to walk around the top decks go to the pools party with a guest, anything mm-hmm. like that. It was really just work in the kids' areas, and then after that's done, go down to the bottom decks with all the <laughs> other workers. And that's what it was for almost two years. It was, and, uh, and that's what you did on both ships, was youth activities? Both ships, youth activities. I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I mainly worked with 11 to 13-year-olds. And now I always say all age groups have their pros and cons. Sure. But for me, I really enjoyed 11 and 13 because I thought that they – had the freedom from the parents. They don't need to be checked in, checked out, because they're quote unquote tweens. And uh, but they're young enough that they'll still listen to you. They're still a little scared. <laughs> like I don't want to get in trouble. That's why Melissa works with sixth graders for that yeah. very reason. They're right in that kind of zone. Yep. You're not too young, and you're not the high school age where they're just going to ignore you or right. worse. But then even if we did like dodgeball on the top deck. All the girls wanted to play dodgeball because all the boys were there. Right. It wasn't like they were in high school and they're like, no, nah, I don't want to break a nail or anything or dodgeball. Like, get out of here. You go mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. So everybody wanted to do everything with the teenagers and everybody wanted to hang out together. So right. we always had a crowd following us. Like, we looked like a, gosh, what do you want to say? Like its own little carnival. Mm-hmm. Like, everywhere we went, we had a group of 50 or 100. Everywhere oh, wow. we went around the ship. And that's yeah. another thing I liked about with the teenagers and tweens was that we can roam the ship and kind of do activities mm-hmm. as we wish mm-hmm. instead of being uh, stuck into the, the kid spaces that are up to 10-year-olds. Yeah. Because of sec- uh, security reasons. So, I love that we go to the top deck and we play dodgeball. We go to the top deck and play basketball. We do scavenger hunts. We did uh, pizza making we did a lot of activities outside of our spaces, which was perfect for me because I would have been stuck in those spaces and not allowed to the top right. decks and all that stuff. So this kind of got me out there feeling kind of like a guest. Nice. So you mentioned you know, the activities and everything, especially with your department. You had to go below deck, you yes. know, to deck zero, one or two or what have you. What's that culture like? You know, it's that's intriguing yeah. to a lot of people that aren't in the industry. You certainly haven't worked on a ship. There's the culture with the guests, and then I imagine there's a culture, a subculture, if you will, with, 100%. With, with the crew. Absolutely, because that's your family. That's who you know for the next six months. Mm-hmm. Like we don't, 
we really aren't in contact with the rest of the world. Like, we're in our own little bubble. You think your Wi-Fi is bad, public passengers. (laughs) I've heard from a crew member, every single one of them, you think your Wi-Fi is bad, just imagine ours. Right, right. And our rooms are smaller. Our bathrooms are smaller. And cruise ships, rooms and bathrooms are already tiny. Um, You don't have to get out of the bed to pee. Let me put it that way. It's... I told you we're gonna make it. Have you heard? Have you heard about the bathrooms, the the triple S's for guys? The triple S's. You can you can shower, uh-huh. you can shave, shave, and you can the right. other S. Right. You can actually do that on in, I, in the I state don't rooms. Doubt it. All I don't in doubt one. It. Like you can you can touch everything in the bathroom. And you've also got you know Scott um, asked you about culture, and I'm sure this will come into yeah. play. You've got 65 different nationalities on that board, and that's got to be thing. challenging. That was, but the, also awesome. That was the neatest thing in the world because I have friends from all over the world, mm-hmm. and each. Each time we get off port, there's people who are coming on board for their right. for their six months and people leaving. So, yeah, at one time there would be like 65 countries represented, but sometimes you you find new people and new friends. And mm-hmm. I say like I almost go to any country and, and know a friend. Somebody, yeah, I can say on someone's couch if I wanted to in any country. Well, so. and that's got to be you know it's funny you mention that because we have done the chef's table on several different cruise lines, and one of the cool things is you get to meet the the head right. chef of the ship. And I asked one of them one time. I said, uh, you know, it's got to be challenging with three to four thousand passengers on board, which is the average with Disney, or really with a, your cruise line as well. Um, maybe some less, but you know, generally three thousand or so. It's got to be challenging with that many passengers, and you've got gluten-free, and you've got oh vegan, and you've got vegetarian, and you've got, I can't, I'm lactose intolerant, I can't have dairy, and I'm not making fun of anybody, I'm just saying, you've got to account oh. for all these different dietary, and that's not even talking religious, um, you know, yes. if, you, if you're kosher, kosher. Or, or, or you have religious beliefs, so Islam, for example, um, and, and I said, that's got to be a challenging thing, and he said, you know, not really, he said, the challenge for me is feeding the crew, because right. I have so many Different nationalities who yeah. all want their own food. So talk about eating as a crew member and what you did or didn't get. Did you enjoy it? Were you fed well? You know? um, so I have to I have to bring this up because you you briefly touched on this. Okay. Serving kids in the kids' spaces with all these allergies and restrictions right. and all that, that was the toughest part of that job. Oh, I can imagine. I mean, we have 20 different tables that may have one kid at each table eating different things and can't be around this and right. allergies to ranging from the sun to peanut butter to water. Like it yeah. is unbelievable on how well of an oiled machine they were. Well, my girlfriend, with, Melissa has a, 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 a banana allergy uh-huh. and, and she works in a classroom and she has to have a sign on the door that says, you know, and yeah. then if she has a student that has a nut allergy, which is a bad one, there's another sign that goes on the door. Don't bring this into the classroom. So I can only imagine how you guys had to deal so with that. So there is times when I worked with like the kids from like seven to 10 year olds or four to four to seven, where yeah. we may have 300 kids in, in the spaces during lunchtime. Oh goodness. And how um, did you navigate that? <laughs> and so basically we have to take a report like 15 minutes before and uh-huh. print it out and see all their allergies that are listed. But then also when the food comes, print a new one to see who is checked in and who is checked out. Uh-huh. And then when they sit down, we have to like read their Mickey band and see, okay, you're, you're Kevin and right. you can't have this. And so each time you're serving the kids with each item, you kind of have to look to see what they can't have. Like we had little signs on each table being like, no nuts on this table. <laughs> like it was, it was insane, but it was a well old machine as it should be. But that's a great thing for people to hear yes. that are going to sail. And, and honestly, Disney does that very well. And it's funny yeah. because we put it in the notes when Melissa sailed on Disney the first time that she had a hazelnut, cherry, and banana allergy. And the banana and cherries are really bad. The hazelnut's an intolerance. Uh-huh. The other two could potentially kill her. 
And we put that in the notes, and every time we dined anywhere, I see that you have – and she almost got tired of them saying it. But I said, you yeah, know, they're doing the this for time. your benefit. Right. And all of the cruise lines are great about that. And it, it's something that I think is worth emphasizing because people worry, will I be able to eat? Will I find something for me? I had a, um, a, a couple that came to me that were from uh, somewhere in the Middle East, and they had very specific dietary needs for their culture and religion. And he was worried he couldn't do a cruise. I said, trust me, Absolutely. they will take care of you. And they sure did. And he was blown away that they could. Yeah. It's actually going the extra mile. And they are so appreciative yeah. that we can cater towards their dietary restrictions yeah. or needs or religions. Uh, it's it's incredible. Well, I'm glad you but, um, diverted off my question because that's yeah, yeah. A, no, but that's a fascinating thing to hear about. The, uh, the food for the staff, though, it could be better. Like I always say, <laughs> as a staff member, as a crew member, we have the worst rooms, we have the worst food, we have the worst of everything on the ship compared to the guest. Um, so I would say it was it was a challenge to, I mean, you only have 30 minutes to eat. By the time you go from the top deck down to the bottom deck, that's already five minutes in the elevators and whatnot. So right. you're really going down and you're just kind of throwing food in your mouth and running back up and working. And that's kind of how lunch and dinner works. Um, so I would say the food was probably my least favorite part of working on the cruise ship. Minus the zero days off, because that's sure, because like that's exhausting. So, how many hours would you work in a week? Do you remember the number? Sixty-nine point nine 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 nine. So 70s got off just under seventy, right? Just, just under, under seventy. 70. Interesting. But it was Bahamian laws, because uh, most ships are are registered. Disney with the ones are, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And um, that was their their restrictions. Seventy and, hours. And, interesting. And they would work you to that number. Pretty close to that. As close as possible. Now, of course, there is a there is some bright light in this. I'm going to ask you about your favorite part since you said your least favorite right. part. But um, I do know that there was a place where you could relax and unwind called the crew bar. Uh, yeah. So there was Absolutely. that. You know, they do take care of you in that. So we actually have a staff member who's in charge of crew parties every single night. Okay, I want that job. Right. So we I kinda, don't think I do. So yeah, I don't know if I want to do because you're going to be up till two or three in the morning, and then you got to clean up all that stuff and rinse. Uh, and that's true. But um, so we have someone who's just in charge of those activities, and it was kind of like a sign up sheet saying, "Do you want to sign up and be a DJ? And what type of music are you going to play?" Or uh, one of my favorite was, uh, I think it was Country Night, and we played flip cup or beer pong with country music. So I mean like that was the fun part. Yeah. Like, every day it was a party if you want to go down there. Um, but you're exhausted after oh, basically sure. working 11 hours a day on average. Um, but then you're kind of like, I worked all day. I need a release. And so we'd all go down the crew bar and we would have fun t- whenever and then wake up and rinse and repeat, do it all, all over right. again. And that was for six months straight. So what was your favorite part of the experience? Honestly, it was the, my coworkers, and it's 100% because people all over the world and all their stories, um, we still stay in touch with each other. And I was only there for two years, but um, we, those two years feel like 10 because there's no days off. You have roommates who live, honestly, like we have bunk beds. Right. Like we share the smallest spaces in the world. Um, so you really get to know these people. But they're for long. better or for worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, these are long days. So those two years felt like 10. So they feel like family. Yeah. And um, actually for Disney, there's a few of us that meet up in Las Vegas each year. Oh, nice. So we do a little Disney cruise line reunions. And I know some people in Europe do that as well. And there's Facebook groups and there's all that sure. stuff. During the pandemic, we actually all got together on Zoom. And I think we had like 50, 50 people just from the kids department when I worked just on oh, the Zoom during wow. the yeah. pandemic. So, I mean, like, we still stay in touch. 
Um, we still talk about the times where I have a college degree, but I'm standing in front of a bathroom for 30 minutes in front of the, like waiting on the kids <laughs> to come out type situation, or I'm feeding corn dogs and I have a college degree. Like there's things like that, but we just described educators, but a lot of us yeah. <laughs> don't regret what we did. We loved what we did. We yeah. chose a different path and, um, I wouldn't take it back for a thing. Like uh, I love that. I did a different thing where a lot of people finish college and it's like, I got to find a job and get married and have kids. And I was like, uh, you know what? I'm not really done with this. I want to travel the world. I will settle down when I'm ready to settle down. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of chose a different path. And actually here's a crazy story. And my, my parents did not like this. Well, my dad did. My mom did. This so, is where you um, turn off the Mr. And Mrs. Smith, turn off the uh, podcast at this point. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> so um, I actually turned down physical therapy school when I was done really? with Alaska to go to to join the uh, the fantasy when she was being built in Germany. Mm -hmm. So I did all my observation hours. I did all my testing. I got approved. I was supposed to go, and I was like, I kind of like this travel thing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that was us with radio. Yeah. And my mom. Because our parents like, wanted yeah. us to get a real job, and we stayed in radio. And my mom was like, Go for it. Do what you want to do. And my dad was like, I think you're gonna regret this in like five years. And I was like, uh, I'm gonna do it. And, but look what um, it's done for you. I mean, it shaped your whole career. Right. And my dad, he was very supportive of it. He was just kind of thinking of like me with a career mm -hmm. later down the line, knowing that I can't work on a cruise ship for the rest right. of my life. So I, I get it. But at that time, I was kind of like, I'm going to do what I want to do. And um, it was incredible. And that kind of led me to where I'm at now. Mm -hmm. So And back in the cruise industry again. Back in the cruise but industry. But on the land side. You get to go on the, the ship side. when you want to. But I do love that. Like whenever I go on board, I still talk to the staff members as if I'm working there with them. Um, so when we had the, re, uh, the Ruby Princess down in Galveston mm -hmm. last season, I would stay afterwards after all the travel advisors leave on ship tours. And I'd sit there and I'd talk to some of the staff members and say, where are you from? What are you doing? How long have you been here? What ships mm -hmm. have you been on? Uh, how was work life? How's your personal life? And uh, just hearing their stories, like we connect. I've been through what they're doing yeah. and they're just like, how did you do it for that long? And I'm like, you're doing it for this long. Like we, have, we have this bond together. So I love that. So that's something when I came back to princess, I already had this appreciation for the cruise line. Right. So that's always helped with princess. And I'm glad you brought up the thing about talking to the crew. Cause it's something we tell our first time mm -hmm. cruisers and we repeat to those going back again. You know, I think, unfortunately, there are people that get on a ship, and they think of them as crew. They think of them as just the worker bees, and you don't matter. And it's sad to see that. Because yeah. if you really take the time, most of the cruise lines have the name of the person and their country on there. Right. And there's a great icebreaker. Hunter from the USA. Well, USA is easy. But, right. you know, um, um, Ketut from, from India. From Pakistan, tell me about your home. First of all, they're going to love that you asked. One hundred percent. And and then they get to talk about their family. That, like you said, they're missing because we don't get to talk about that because right. we're working twenty four seven. Right. And then whenever we're done, we're just with workers and we're talking about how the day went. Mm -hmm. So we don't get to talk about home. Yeah. So when guests ask us, we love it. We brighten up. Like let me tell you. Well, I was actually in Palo on the Disney Fantasy on the Maiden Voyage. And we had a waiter, and I wish I could remember his name, and I guarantee you Danielle would remember it. Uh, she was on board with me, the, the third member of our PCT team. Right. And Danielle um, asked the waiter, she said, oh, you're from, I, I want to say Belarus. Um, but she said, and your name, whatever his name was, started with an R if I remember correctly. But anyway, um, she asked him, she said, so well, tell me about your home country and about your family. 
So not only was he thrilled to tell us about everything throughout the meal, but he said, permit me, if I may, to share with you, we're going to enjoy Paolo, which, by the way, if you've never been on Disney Cruise Line, is a northern Italian food. Um, he says, I'm going to serve you a beautiful meal tonight, but if you'll permit me, I'm going to share with you what I would have at every course if you dined in my house. And wow. he told us about what he would serve that was native foods to his home country. And we got an education right. on that oh. beautiful country, and he was so proud to share it. Yeah. But somebody asked, you know? Yeah. And it really made the difference, and it made the night so much more special. Yeah, I agree. I definitely recommend for every cruiser to talk to the staff members and see how their day is, see how their life is, see how their family is. Um, we love that. I think that's a great way to wrap it up. Thanks for sharing Absolutely. a glimpse into what it's like working on board. Yes. And now, you. welcome back again to the land side of things. Well, I mean, land for what it is. You know, you're, you're on the ships a lot. Yeah. yeah. I, I enjoy being home based now here in Houston. I'm, I'm sure. Um, having a day off and, and being able to have friends and family and being able to drive and, and eat at restaurants like Panera Bread. But, um, but anyways, I enjoy being on the other side of things and, and meeting you guys have, have been amazing as well. So thank you for your friendship. Oh, thank you for your friendship and all you do for us. That's Hunter Smith uh, with Princess Cruises, but talking about Disney. And by the way, if you want to catch the episodes where he talks about what he his bread and butter, as he calls it, uh, go back in our archives, and they're available at premiercustomtravel.com slash the itinerary. Check out his brand overview of Princess in Alaska and the military offer. If you're in the military, folks, they have an incredible offer for you. And uh, we also talk about Galveston because you guys are back, and we're thrilled to have yeah. you here. But thank you for joining us as always. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Itinerary, the official travel podcast presented by Premier Custom Travel. You can view the schedule of upcoming podcasts or listen to previous episodes on demand by visiting our website at premiercustomtravel.com slash the itinerary. Join us next time for another edition of The Itinerary.